What's going on, everybody? It is the very first podcast. I am ZStone95. On the other end of the Discord, we got Mooch22, very first episode of our baseball slash Braves, mostly Braves, themed podcast here. Mooch, how's it going, man? ZStone, I am doing great. Appreciate you having me on. Appreciate you reaching out to me. I know we've been talking about this uh, back and forth on Twitter for about a week now, ever since the free agency news kind of picked up and we got baseball back in full swing. So super happy to uh, talk baseball, especially with another Braves fan who knows the game. Like, super excited to be on the pod, man. Uh, looking forward to get this one. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. We got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to cover for a first episode. Quite a lot of uh, signings here, there, and everywhere with uh, the Braves. Obviously, other teams, all the other big-name free agents, trying to get somewhere, trying to find a home out of the lockout that uh, really took most of the offseason and kind of disregarded it. So now we're back. Baseball is back. Uh, we're already playing spring training ball, which is why a lot of these contracts are, are hitting as fast as they're hitting. So we'll just jump right into it, really. Um, notes, of, notes of today, Trevor Story signs with the Boston Red Sox. Um and that's kind of a, an interesting signing, I think, for them. I think it'll be a good signing for them. But the big one that I think a lot of people, the two big ones that I think a lot of people did not expect, Chris Bryant to the Rockies and Carlos Correa to the Minnesota Twins. Mooch, what are your thoughts on those? What are you doing, first of all? When the Chris Bryant news broke, I looked at my phone and had to double take to make sure I saw the right team giving him that kind of money. I was just thinking, Colorado, what are we doing? Like, you already had your guy. You could have paid Story. You could have kept any of your franchise guys. You could have paid Nolan. No, you you literally let both of them go for nothing, and you sign an aging Chris Bryant to this deal. I, I mean, what are the let – me, let me find the numbers on this Chris Bryant deal. It is – it's ridiculous. Staggering, seven it's years, staggering. something like that, seven years. Seven-year, $182 million. That's wild. Over, I mean, it's truly wild. For, a, a, for a franchise that won't commit to anybody – that's unbelievable. That is, that's the most shocking part. You know, Chris Bryant, don't get me wrong, hell of a player. Is he aging? Maybe, but he's still, you know, he's still got some pop left in the bat and he'll play some good defense. But to commit that much to him for as a franchise who hasn't committed to anybody, even of their own homegrown talent, kind of shocking. It's, it's, it's crazy. And another threat, uh, Carlos Correa getting 102, I believe, 105, 102. For three years with an opt-out every year. So, essentially, I guess what he's going to try to do is have a, a good year this year and then hit the, hit the market again. But why Minnesota? Why, you know? Great question because you know there had to have been other teams that, that threw money at him like this for one year. But there are plenty of contenders that would love to have had Korea for one year. Hey, let's see if we can run it back, win a title, and then, you know, maybe commit to a long term. But – yeah, he's kind of taking the little LeBron James approach. You know, let me get on this one-year deal. Let me ball out for a year, see where I want to go, test the waters every now and then, you know. So, good for Correa, but, you know, Twins, you got yourself a good one, I think. Yeah, they, they definitely did. And the fact that they pawned off Donaldson on the Yankees um, yes. was wild. Uh, I mean, they added Carlos Correa by making the Yankees take that massive contract. Of the right there. And it's wild because, I mean, we can talk about the Yankees for a second. They were supposed to, I mean, every big-name free agent, Freddie Freeman, Carlos Correa, Trevor Story, you know, all of them were linked to the Yankees at one point in time, and they didn't get anybody. 
They got Rizzo. They got Anthony Rizzo back, who was already playing for him previously. And signed him for a lot of money. That I don't really get that move. You know, I'm a little shocked by it. I thought they were going to be bigger players for Correa, especially. I thought Story was going to be in the mix for them. I thought they were going to make a bigger play at Freddie. They they had so many options. You know, everyone was talking about the left-handed bats, and uh, oh, they don't sign these guys, or they don't sign left-handed uh, big bats in free agency. And you know what? They didn't. They went out and they re-signed Anthony Rizzo, which. I mean, we'll see how he does in, in his second year in New York. He's not a bad first baseman, but for the players that were out there and for the, what we know the Yankees to do, I think a lot of those fans are probably a little disappointed in this season. Unquestionably. I mean, the only thing you really got was Rizzo and a, a, an aging Anthony Rizzo and an a aging Josh Donaldson. And you're paying you them a, in, a lot of money. You throw in uh, the... the, the Shortstop who can catch, what's his name? Connor Falefa, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see what kind of value he provides, but if those are the top three notable names in your uh, you know, in your hot season acquisition pool, you look at the rest of the league, and you're, you got to be on the phone for rest getting this offseason. So. Exactly. I don't know. It's, it's definitely shocking. I thought the Yankees would make much more of a play for a lot more guys, and they didn't get anybody. Absolutely. Moving on, to our Atlanta Braves, quite a uh, quite a frenzy. I'll just put it that wow. way. Wow. Uh, if you go back to before the lockout, Manny Pena and Kirby Yates, good signings, good good death pieces. Kirby obviously won't be back for a while, as he's still recovering from Tommy John. Manny Pena will be a great backup to Travis Darno, I believe. And you still got a, a, an up and coming William Contreras. We'll talk about the catcher's position a little later. Uh, with the departure of, of one of our top prospects. But Manny Pena, Kirby Yates, good signings before the lockout. However, we get into December, we get a lockout, and everything freezes. You know, whereas you didn't get a deal done with Freddie Freeman before the lockout. You didn't get a deal done with Freddie Freeman back in the 2021 season. Uh, he turned down five years, $135 million at the All-Star break last year. Uh, and then it progressively got higher, you know, hey, my price is getting higher. I'm getting closer to free agency. That's fine. But you turn those deals down, and then you get into a lockout, and then you come out of a lockout with about three weeks until the season starts. Yeah, you look at it, and, you know, with, with the whole Freddie situation, he had he had chances. You look at We go back into the, like you mentioned, we, we offered him the extension midseason, turned it down. We obviously offered him the qualifying offer, we knew he was going to turn that down, right? right. But um, you know, I'm not. I'm not shocked at how quickly all of this has happened for the Braves. You know, Freddie kind of handcuffed us in a sense. Um, I think if you know what we see or what we saw, what he got from uh, L.A., that shows us. You know, his his agent was clear, clearly playing hardball, and you know these teams just can't wait around for for mm-hmm. one player when they got other positions to need to fill. You know, no. You know, kudos to Anthopolis, kudos to the front office. As much as it pains me to see Freddie go, especially that one, it, it really does kind of make me sick to, to, to see him in his, uh, see him in that Dodger blue. But, uh, you know, kudos to the front office. We weren't going to let him kind of dictate how this season went. And I think at the end of the day, you look at where we ended up with Olsen and the rest of the free agents that we got, 
think we're in a much better position. I think we've got a serious chance to contend again. So. Absolutely. And you talk about Matt Olson, an Atlanta kid, comes home from Oakland. He is the second uh, player to do that. Who was the last one, Mooch? You remember the last guy who came from Oakland and how that worked out? From Oakland, coming back to Atlanta. Coming back home. Can you give me a year? Uh, 02, 03, 04 time frame. Oh. Pitcher. Pitcher. Um, was his name Tim Hudson? His name was Tim Hudson. So the last I guy think- that the Braves went to Oakland and said, hey, we're going to bring this guy home. It worked out pretty well. Tim had an exceptional career with the Braves. We're hoping for more of the same with Matt Olson because he's going to be here a while. Eight years, $168 million through the 2029 season. Club option for 2030 at $20 million. Traded four of our top prospects for for uh, Matt Olson. Christian Pache, defensive wizard in center field. Shea Langliers, who was thought to be, I guess, the catcher of the future for the Braves. Ryan Kusick and Joey Estes. And really the one that I think kind of hurts the most, I guess, is Langliers because he has been rated very highly his entire minor league career and very highly thought of. So now he's gone. What do you, what is, what's the deal for the catcher position? Yeah, you know, when I saw the deal, obviously it was elated to see us trigger on Olsen. Um, Georgia kid, like you said, Parkview High School. I actually graduated high school the same year as myself, so I grew up kind of playing travel ball against Matt. Obviously not with him, always against him. It just, I mean, let's just say my team didn't fare too well against me. <laughs> Uh, but beside the point, you know, going back to the catcher position, like you said, I saw Langoliers in the deal. I was a little bit shocked. I thought he was going to be him and Michael Harris. I thought were the two guys that were going to be on our uh, untouchable list this offseason. Um, but to get Olsen, you know, I knew it was going to take a big package. I knew it was going to take at least Pache or Waters. You know, Cusick being the, the most recent first-round pick is probably going to be in the package one way or another. And he's already a top-six prospect. I think he was number six, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, you, you just throw in Joey Estes as well, a top 15 guy in the organization as another depth piece. So Lang- using Langoliers, man, I mean, you hate to see it because I thought this was going to be the year that he kind of, you know, with, with the signing of Pena, maybe he comes up later in the year kind of, you know, as Darno, we know how he's battled injuries over the years with the Braves. Maybe Darno and Langoliers comes in, you know, August, September, and, and takes the job as we head into the postseason. You're kind of... You know, who knows? But to see him go, it's a shame. Um, but, I, you know, I think what we get back in Olsen is and, and the speed at which we signed him to. Mm-hmm. You know, Anthopolis said, you know, we, we're not going to do this again. We're not waiting around to see what our future is going to dictate at this position. we got our guy. We're locking him down for the next decade. You know, we, whatever we have to give, in my opinion, it was worth it. I think so as well. I mean, when you look at the numbers that Freddie got, versus what Matt Olson got. I mean, obviously, Freddie's a cornerstone in your franchise, but he's thirty. He's going to be 33 in September, and we've seen time and time again how giving a massive contract to a player north of 32, 33, or on that precipice, we've seen how well that's worked out, and it's not well. And you turn into an Albert Pujol situation. You turn into a Miguel Cabrera situation. Not that those guys aren't good, but they're, they're not they're a shell of themselves that they were a year ago. I mean, neither guy's hitting, you know, Miggy could roll out of bed and hit 300. We know that. And Freddie probably will too. But those power numbers are going to start decreasing at some point. You know, age catches up with everybody. It, it doesn't matter who you are. 
So I think you've got the better end of the deal. I think L.A. having him for six years, that's going to carry him, you know, to the later part of his career. Uh, but Matt Olson, I mean, 27 years old. The guy's in his prime. He's not even – I don't even think he's in his prime yet, to be honest. So, I mean, we'll see. Back, right? You know, Olson, like you said, he turns 28, I think, at the end of March. So he'll be, like you said, coming off a career high, 39 home runs last year. Um, I think he had over 110 RBIs. You know, he's – He's a power hitter. He's hitting historically in one of the worst hitters ballpark in the major leagues mm-hmm. in Oakland. Like, if you look at his spray charts. If he hit like he did last year in Oakland at, during his home games, if he does that in Atlanta, I mean, you're looking at astronomical numbers for this guy. He's going to wear out the chop house. And looking at the numbers, you know, eight years, $168 million through the 29 season. I think it comes out, I think I heard, you know, he's not going to be making more than $21 million a year throughout that. 29 season like are you kidding me yeah for a guy that's just now entering his prime i think it's a win-win for both sides you know happy to see freddie get some money get that six or get you know get the sixth year that he's so desperately wanted apparently i i guess he didn't get the you know the contract value he was hoping for but you know i think both sides kind of made out uh, made out well. yeah i think you know there are obviously have been some anomalies this year with contracts. I mean, we saw Max Scherzer get an ungodly AAV from the Mets. Um, Trevor Bauer, although, you know, disregarding the situation, high, high AAV. And I think we're trending towards these shorter contracts for more money. And that's fine. That's all well and good. But, you know, someday some guys do want that that security uh, at the end of the day. And uh, that's what Freddie wanted. And uh, there's a very good interview out there. Uh, if you haven't heard it, Shepard Jones was on 680 The Fan. That's Atlanta Sports Radio. Very, very telling interview um, on how that process went down with Freddie. You know, warned him multiple times, you know, you're not going to play the Braves front office. You know, they're, they're going to they're gonna come out better um, nine times out of ten. Um, Alex Anthopoulos, I think now, has to be regarded as probably the best GM in baseball. Um, if you carry back to the all-star break, what he did to bring the, the city a world championship, and now the signings that he's brought, uh, I think he's far and away one of the best GMs in baseball, if not the best. So he wasn't going to get played, and I, I commend him for having a plan, for having a a ace in his pocket, so to speak, uh, with Matt Olson, and I think we're going to be fine. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, I haven't heard the Chipper Jones interview. You know, I heard it's very telling. Chipper being, you know, what to many is Mr. Brave. You think of the Braves, you think of Chipper Jones. That's right. You know, I think a lot of people expected Freddie to sign this next contract and finish his career in Atlanta and be the next Chipper Jones, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's more of a shock value, I think. A lot of people know that the numbers have settled, settled and you know a lot of the dust has settled. Uh, you know, personally for myself, I'm just more disappointed at the World Series jersey I decided to buy. It was a Freddie jersey. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even get to see him play a game. Same thing happened back with uh, Mark Teixeira back in the day. Teixeira jersey traded and or signed elsewhere in the off season. Now I just can't catch a break. Hey, um, I'm the same way. We bought one too, so we're in the same boat. <laughs> Hey, it's vintage now, right? That's right. Yeah, uh, it's collectible. But no, <laughs> exactly. No, like you said, you know, kudos to Anthopoulos. He is just 
solidifying himself as one of the top, if not the team, in my opinion. I hate to be biased, but I mean, what other guy is doing what he's doing? And signing guys to do where the numbers, you look at them and you're like, how are they agreeing to these contracts? But they can continue to do so. So it's he's setting guys up not only for success on the field, but I think more so, you know, he's adding to the culture that this Braves team has thrived on and really helped us win a championship last year. Exactly, and that wasn't it. Matt Olson was not it. Uh, brings in Colin McHugh on a two-year, $10 million deal with a $6 million club option for 2024. Um, coming off a career year with the, the Tampa Bay Rays last year, 6-1 uh, and one with a, a 1.55. Outstanding pitcher for what you got him for. Holy cow! You know that's a he can do spot starts. He can pitch out of the bullpen. Why not? You know, um, and then also a couple yesterday, I believe, Kendall Jansen. You know, one of the best relievers in LA Dodger history, uh, coming to the Braves on a one-year, sixteen million dollar deal. He's thirty-four. Okay, there's a lot of talk about Kenley. Is he how fat? He's on the downslope. I think everybody knows that. I think the question is how quickly, how, how steep is that hill? Uh, how steep is the hill that he's going to be going down? 34 years old this year, three-time All-Star, 350 career saves. I mean, this is this reminds me a lot of the Billy Wagner signing that we made uh, several years ago. Yeah, we don't really have a Craig Kimbrell waiting in the wings. So, necessarily, maybe we do, I don't know. Um, but it, it's kind of the same situation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was actually streaming last night when, when the passing bomb dropped and, and I got a notification on my phone and I saw Kenley Jansen, you know, one year, 16 million for the Braves and double, double took one out. And I was like, Kenley Jansen to the Braves? Is this for real? Like, Anthopolis is, I thought he was done and the bullpen continues to solidify. You look at the, you know, I mean, the, the names themselves. You got AJ Minter, Luke Jackson, Colin McHugh. Tyler Matzik, Will Smith, Kenley Jansen, doesn't even account for Kirby Yates, who they hopefully will get back by midsummer. I mean, it's it's crazy. I think you look at Kenley, like you said, 34 years old, probably on the downslope of his career, but he's joining an already solidified bullpen where he's not going to have, you know, yeah, obviously he's going to have pressure being in the closer role. Why not? And I read uh, Anthopolis in the you know front office and the team has already spoken to Will Smith about that role. He's gracious to say, hey, you know, I'm just trying to go back to back. Kim, yeah. if, if, if his role is to close games, he can have it. I'll be the setup guy. Love that. Love that. That's the kind of yeah. leadership you want. Yeah. But, um, you know, I love Kenley Jansen. I, you see him last year, he converted 38 of 43 save opportunities with a 2-2 ERA. Like, if he can give us even a fraction of that next year, I think we're going to be we're going to be in great shape out of him. Yeah. I mean, it, it's wild to, to think that Kentley Jansen is going to be on the Braves and Freddie Freeman is going to be a Dodger. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, a wild, that's a wild one-for-one swap. Um, it's almost and, like an MLB the show. You turn four straights on and, and boom, there you go. Who do you want? <laughs> it is. So looking a little bit deeper into the pitching here, projected rotation, Mike Soroka, of course, they, they gave him a deal to avoid arbitration. He's still not healthy. He's still not going to be back. Um, until after the All-Star break. But, I mean, that's kind of when you need them. And if you get a fresh, you know, as Chip Carey would say, that's almost like a trade deadline acquisition right there. Um, but you have projected rotation on opening day of Max Free, Charlie Morton, 
Ian Anderson, uh, Huascar Noah, and then a Kyle Wright, Tucker Davidson split or somebody else. I mean, it's wide open, I think, for that fifth spot. And there could be another signing or trade. We, I mean, at this point, I don't put anything past AA. So you're in good hands with your pitching. You're deep. Um, you've got guys coming back that are going to contribute. And it's, it's going to be fun to watch how the pitching unfolds. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like you said, you look at the rotation, you got Max Freed coming off, you know, another stellar season. And might I add the yeah, last pitcher to win the Silver Slugger in Major League Baseball history. That's right. Saying. That's Max right. Freed. Um, you know, you got Charlie. I know, pitchers who rank on the You got Charlie Morton coming back. You know, I think that's an underrated signing that just going back to Anthopolis, we got him in September, you know, gave him a one year. This $20 million extension with the team option for 23 for Charlie Morton. Look at to what he probably would cost now if he would have hit the market this, this season. It, that's a steal. You know, we, yep. Charlie by himself, I mean, the leadership that he brings is intangibles. He's worth every penny. Um, so you got him and, you know, looking at your two, your number two spot in the rotation. And then personally, a personal favorite of mine, Ian Anderson, who I think if you want my, my dark horse take of the year, I think Ian Anderson makes the all-star team. I think he's a top top four Cy Young candidate. Yeah. That's my hot take of the year. He's he, that good. Mm-hmm. He, he's <laughs> shown flashes at points of being an incredible pitcher. I think if he can, if he can figure out the pitch count, yeah. uh, but deal, you know, he, I think a lot of times he gets himself into some deep pitch counts in games and that's why yeah. he's out in the fourth or fifth inning. If he can figure that out, right? the sky's the limit for that kid. 100%, 100%. I mean, he, he may have a top three changeup in the game. That pitch is yes. absolutely disgusting. Um, and then you got, you, you know, you round out the rotation, Oscar Anoa, who before he ended up punching a wall last year was having a career season. Yep. You know, I, I think if he can get back to where he was headed last year, you got a great number four starter there. And then, like you say, we, I mean, the fifth, the fifth spot's up in the air. It, it's anyone's game. And I hope these young guys are hungry this year to come out and take it because it, we didn't go out and sign another starter in free agency like I thought we would, and I think that shows a little bit of faith in the guys that we got coming up. You know, namely Kyle Wright, who's, who stepped into a World Series relief appearance last year and uh, pretty much carried us to that win um, you know, after the whole Dylan Lee buckle. But anyways, um, you know, pitching, it, it's set up for success. I think we you look at the rotation, it's probably it's not rotation yeah, absolutely. It is. And it's a it's a top five team in baseball, obviously coming off a World Series. Um, as far as the lineup goes, it's unreal, uh, honestly. And this is a lineup, opening day lineup, without Ronald Acuna, mind you. Uh, Ozzy Albee's probably going to be the leadoff guy, maybe. And all this stuff is up in the air. I don't know how. Uh, he's getting a lot of looks in spring training as the leadoff guy. So I think they're trying to push him in that direction. Eddie Rosario, who we brought back, Matt Olson, Austin Riley, Marcelo Zuna, who will be back this year, probably as a DH, Adam Duvall, Dansby, a uh, Alex Dickerson, some form of Alex Dickerson probably, and then Travis Darno catching with Manny Pena backing up. That's a pretty solid lineup without your best player. I mean, it's staggering. Look at the depth that we've – been able to accumulate over the last few years. I mean, let's just take a look at the numbers. Ozzy Albies last year, 259 batting average, you know, it is what it is. 
30 home runs, 106 RBIs from your second base. Yep. Eddie Rosario, we know what he did in the postseason. We only had him for the postseason. He battles injuries. This man single-handedly got us to a World Series with what he did against the Dodgers. There yep. was, you get a full season of production out of him, good luck. That's all I got to say. Uh, we'll skip Matt Olson for now. We've talked about him. Austin Riley, you know, coming off a silver slugger, arguably – He's getting snubbed. I, I know that third base rankings came out the other day. I can't remember who published it, but top ten third basemen in the league, and Austin really didn't. No, that's not like that. Not like that. This dude had thirty-three home runs, one hundred and seven RBIs, hit three hundred three, and slugged five thirty-one last year. I mean, he's twenty-four years old. He's only going to get better. The top four lot. The, Find me a better top four hitters in your lineup. When when Acuna comes back, you're going to be hard right there. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm going to assume that they may slide Ronald back into that one spot. I mean, that's where he's always been the most productive. So, yeah. and when you slide Ronald in there, uh, you got that. You got him. You got all. I mean, that's a deep, deep, deep lineup. When you put Acuna back in there with the pitching that they have. At least on paper, they're set up well to go back-to-back. We all know how hard that is to do. It's a hard game to play. It's a hard. It's hard enough to win one World Series, much less two in a row. Um, but on paper, it's, it's there. I mean, and the only teams right now in the National League that I see even possibly competing would be L.A. You know, I think the Mets are probably going to met themselves to where <laughs> they normally do. The Phillies, they're going to be – they're. They're good, but they're they're not going to be. I don't think they're going to. Maybe a third place team, even right. with Castellanos. I mean, you got a team full of DHs over there. They can't play defense. They've been historically bad on defense, and it's killed them. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've watched them play, and defense has killed them. So I don't. I don't think they can be. I don't. I definitely don't think they can win the East. Yeah, I don't think they will. I think they'll definitely compete. You know, I think the Phillies, you look at their lineup, they've got some really big bats. Defensively, they've got some liabilities in there. Pitching, they're not as deep as the other teams in the Ls. So they'll probably do what they do best and, you know, get off to a, you know, maybe five, six game lead in, in April, May. And then as we kind of get into the midsummer, start losing six, seven games in a row, do what the Phillies do. Um, but. To, to go back to the Mets, that is the team that, you, I mean, obviously that's the team with the moves they've made that you've got to circle on your schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you run into a three-game series and they're throwing healthy Scherzer and a healthy DeGrom at you, I mean. And they just got luck. Chris Bassett from the A's. And I know they just got Chris Bassett from the A's. And for what? what did, I mean. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. This is this dude made an all-star team. Like, what are we? So you look at that rotation, it, it rivals ours. I mean, Say rivals. I say that biasly. I mean, one through five, they, they've got to have the best rotation in the game. Yep. I, the, on the, paper, the it's the best in the game. Themselves. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be. Um, I mean, going back to where you look at it, we talked about one through four, five through six. You got Zuna, who we that's. I mean, we can talk about it later. You got Adam Duvall, who we signed. Or we, I think we avoided arbitration with uh, Duvall. I could be wrong. I think we picked up that option. I think Miami signed him to a two-year deal, and I believe we right. we traded for him last year, and then we picked up the, the second-year option. That is correct. Awesome. So, 
I believe Duvall's probably going to be playing a little center field until Acuna gets back, I would imagine. Um, I know he's got experience doing that. But to round out your order, I mean, you got Dansby Swanson. Who this, is a make or, this is a make-or-break year for Dansby. It is. It is. You know, he's he's never been a career hitter. I think he hit about 250 last year. Right here he hit. You know, but he did have 27 home runs, 88 RBIs. hit a really plush hits in the playoffs for us. Huge. World Series home runs for us. Like you said, it's make or break. He turns 28 this year. You know, coming on a contract year, where do we go? If the future of the shortstop position is is up in the air after this year. Yep. Um, but I'm rooting for the guy. You know, Marietta native, hometown kid, good guy. Yeah, you know, arguably the face of the franchise along with along with Acuna. Now they kind of slid into that to that role that the, all the kids are going to be wearing their jerseys instead of the Freddy jerseys. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like you said, I think the Braves on paper have the best lineup, have the best odds to, to win the East and potentially make some noise in the playoffs. But the, the Mets got better. There's no mm-hmm. denying that. The pickups of, you know, let's, we could go through the Mets free agency moves. Sterling Marte, I know they got, they've already gone through, you know, the Scherzer acquisition, which was just, Huge. Well, um, that's that's my question too. Is how beneficial is that going to be for them? I mean, that's a massive, massive contract for a guy who's he's definitely on his way down. I mean, what we saw him yeah. in the postseason against Atlanta, he was terrible. Yeah, he had the what the tired arm, right? Yeah, I, I heard him on uh, on record going it was before one of his spring training pitching eyes or something. Um, he said, I'll be ready when I'm ready. So, Mets fans, that doesn't sound too promising to me. I don't know if I'd be uh, I'd be about sinking $43 million into that guy and saying, I'll be ready when I'm ready. I kind of want to yeah. know, be a little bit more sure with $43 if you're, million. If you're making that much money, I need you to be ready day one. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. I mean, they add Marte, Eduardo Escobar, so forgot to mention, they you know, to shore up the bullpen a little bit. So they made moves, you know. Their new front office is not afraid to spend, which I like to see. You know, it's, you know, it'll be a fun season. Then it's going to be competitive. I just, I just can't see anybody getting past this on paper. No. No, I mean, that's, like I said, from top to bottom, pitching, hitting, uh, a lot of experience at your death positions. It's just wild. I mean, yeah, it's crazy that, a team that loses a guy like Freddie Freeman is arguably better off after the fact. Um, yep. But, you know, nobody likes to lose. You don't like to lose the cornerstone of your franchise. But you did. But you, you made up for it. You went out and got a heck of a replacement. And you move forward. You you push. Um, the only other key departure, really, Jorge Soler got the bag, son, from Miami. <laughs> Three years, $36 million. Good for you, Jorge. Uh, I mean, hey, we will gladly take you back at the All Star break this year. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> but un- I mean, that's three years, thirty six. That's wild. That is a wild contract from Miami. I'm glad they're spending. I'm glad they're trying to be competitive. Um, but that's a that's a real big bag for for Jorge. Yeah, you look at Soler, and you you look at the numbers, and you think, man, this guy made thirty six million off of arguably maybe four, five, six really good weeks of baseball last season. Like, mm-hmm. he when he got traded to the Braves in, in the postseason, he started hitting 
before that, I mean, it wasn't like he was he was putting up stellar numbers. He was battling injuries. So to see him get not only thirty six million, but three years, that's a little bit of security for a guy who has battled injuries throughout his career. And you know, he's always going to be World Series MVP for Braves fans and, and Braves lore. So good for you, Jorge. I hope to see it. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for the guy, and I like it for Miami because they've got a lot of young talent that is going to mesh at some point. I mean, they've got they've got a lot of talent. You can say what you will about Miami. I would even say that Miami possibly this year, barring you know a total debacle from their pitching staff, has a legitimate shot at third place in the East uh, behind the Mets and the Braves. I mean, they've got a good young pitching staff, Alcantara or Alcantara, however you say it, Jazz Chisholm, Lewin Diaz. They've got good players down there. Now they just have a big bat. They've got a big bat in the middle of their lineup now, so – yeah, a lot of people are writing Marlins off. They're young, you know. They're they're kind of that that under the radar team that's gonna they're gonna take their lumps. But you're gonna look at them at the All Star break and be like, damn, do they really? It's like this team's not that bad. So, no, I think they'll be them. fine. I think they'll I think be so fine. Too. I think they have a shot at 500 uh, with the talent they have. It's it's all gonna come down to the bullpen and the pitching. Yep. But we'll yep. see. Yep, I agree. It's gonna be a fun season to watch in the NL East for sure. Well, with that, and you have anything else, Mitch? You know, that just about covered it right now. I know we, uh, I mean, shoot, we covered a lot, and there was a lot to cover with uh, the stove being as hot as it's been. But dude, like I said earlier, Z-Stone, I appreciate uh, you reaching out to me and setting this up. I've had an absolute blast just getting to talk baseball with you. And I think this this Braves team has so much potential and Coming off the uh, the World Series last year, the energy, you can just feel it in the city. Uh, just Braves fans across the country. It's not only in Atlanta, but Braves fans all over the place. So, super excited to get this pod going, and uh, hopefully they give us some, some fun stuff to talk about this year. Absolutely, man. Well, I thank you for joining me, and I thank you guys for listening, wherever you may be. We will be back next week. I think we're going to try to run this thing once once a week, maybe. Uh, and yep. we'll just kind of recap the week prior. Uh, and, you know, if there's demand for it, we'll we'll explore more than that. But for now, we will wrap this thing up for week one. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, like I said, hope you guys enjoyed it, and we will see you all next week.